Welcome to the Expert Network Team Podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The Expert Network Team consists of Carl Frank of ANI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. We encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. Carl Frank with ANI Financial Services, and with me today I've got Nathan Merrill with Goodspeed and Merrill. How are you, Nate? I'm doing really good. I'm not gonna. Well, I'll say it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, my friend. <laughs> and, and also <laughs> with us is Jeff Cromendike with Security First Insurance Agency. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me, Nate. Were you worried about jinxing the New Year? Is that why you weren't? Well, kind of am now since oh. we already had a false start. I didn't. Oh, right. we're, we're kind of replicating our original intro conversation here. Now it's finally going off the butterfly effect, and we're going down some alternate reality. So yeah. I thought maybe it's just because we've had three false starts to the New Year: 2020, 2021, and now 2022. I'm hoping this is the year, though. This is going to be a good year. I think this is going to be different. <laughs> You I think it's going to be great. Not Groundhog Day again. Right? <laughs> Groundhog year. Well, we've got a lot of challenges to start the year, don't we? I mean, COVID is everywhere. And and I think people are rethinking what in the world they're doing. Don't you feel like people are wondering? And, and I know we were talking before this conversation began and uh, here on the podcast live. But, you know, in our office, we're having conversations like, well, why are we working so hard? What can we do to, to make this easier? And and Nate, I think you had a similar conversation in your office too with one of your partners. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll actually kick off by referring to something I think I've mentioned on previous podcasts, but this is something that's always in the back of my head when we talk about these types of adversity-laden times is the Napoleon Hill quote that in every adversity is the seed of an equal or greater opportunity. Wow. So that's why I do look at 2022 as an opportunity to, to be different. I, Notwithstanding the fact that 2021 was seemingly a repetition or a, re, a repeat of 2020, I think for those who saw the opportunities, we made it a, a pretty productive, a pretty gangbusters year. I, I think each of our businesses... We know a lot of people who financially did well last year, and we also know a lot of people who were burnt out. Right. And it's the burnt out that I think we're going to try to address today. So, And that that was very real in our office. We worked hard to keep up, and now it's trying to figure out how can we keep up without working so hard exactly so so we imagine this is probably going to be a two-part podcast we're going to call it something like reimagining retirement because we've got to have something that we're going towards jeff want to tell us more about that yeah yeah i think so um i just want to yeah i guess uh 
get on board with what you guys are, are saying on the intro here. I'm I'm tired. I know we are all tired, and it's not due to the normal rhythms of, of business. We've all, I think, as business owners, have had to, um, you know, really uh, step into, you know, some some things that have been very very difficult uh, in in navigating this COVID world and and making tough leadership decisions and. Uh, burnout is, a, I think, Carl, a good good word. I mean, there's at the very least an, an incredible amount of executive fatigue going on out there, and so therefore, we're kind of sitting here on you know first week of January thinking about well, what can we do to make it different? And I don't know that I would go as far as calling it retirement yet at this point in time, but it's good to you know be be thinking about a, a change in our work lifestyles, right? That that might feel a little bit more sustainable like retirement. right yeah. yeah so anyway um yeah I'm, I'm excited about about this i think we can uh specifically talk uh you know to to our business owner clients which we have we have many of them out there and um and just you know get them thinking a little bit differently maybe about what uh retirement is i i think about how many business owners might be sitting here listening to this today thinking i gotta sell my business i can't go through another year like this i have heard that from more people than ever before saying oh my gosh it's not worth it so what 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 kind of advice do you give somebody who says to you for instance man i'm burnt out i can't continue to do what i've done i love this business i built it over all these decades this is what i do it's part of my personality part of my identity and they're telling you, I can't do it anymore. And you might have this sinking suspicion that they're making a mistake. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is the, what makes it worth it. That That's the first, I, I think that's my first uh, knee-jerk so focus response. On what, what do you well, love about it? Well, yeah, what do you love about it? Why, are you, why did you do it in the first place? Um, and the three of us have, have gone through a curriculum where we recognize that if you're doing it just for the money, it, you're going to find a point at which it's not worth it, right? The, the, there's there's a certain diminishing returns on re- monetary remuneration. If you have a passion for what you're doing, if you have a big why behind what has driven you to be the business owner that you are, then it may be just rediscovering that and getting out of the boxes that you don't belong in and into the boxes you do. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, every business is is driven up of or or made up of different elements, and and just simply put, they can fall. I, I think the what we're all familiar with is you know the market, the processes, or the product, right? Uh, if I'm remembering those three things, if you're if you're a processes person, you shouldn't be trying to figure out how to get marketing done you should find Uh, someone whose passion is marketing and you can focus on the processes so you got to find out what it is about your business that really drives you and then get other people into those other boxes that are your drainers you know other people have referred to them as battery drainers battery chargers I, i don't care what label you put on them whatever gets you excited you should be focusing on those things and re- and and if covid has put you in boxes where you don't belong or if this you know the economic strain has put you in boxes you don't belong find ways to get yourself out of those boxes you're nodding your head jeff you- yeah no i couldn't i couldn't uh, have summarized that any better I, i'll tell you what i think the big why is a is a really key component here knowing why we do what we do um i think can be a, a real source of of uh, either being burned out or, or not so if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing if you don't feel like you're 
business solves a big problem uh, in the industry today and um, feel like you're you're really creating significance in some way as opposed to just success. I think uh, that's that's one of the things you probably want to look towards. Um, and then you know we've all we we're all very capable people. I think um, we can we can do anything for a short moment of time, um, even things that we're not specifically gifted in. Um, but to Nate's point, know who you are, know um, what your 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 gift sets are, um, and those things are inherently designed to charge your battery, not deplete your battery. It's the things that we do that don't come natural, don't come easy, uh, that are, are, you know, they're, they're battery, uh, drainers, depleters, right. drainers. And, and that's, that's oftentimes, and I think really, if we're just to be honest with ourselves, we've had to do a lot of things that in the last 24 months as business owners that, um, quite frankly, uh, just aren't in our wheelhouse. I mean, it's it's just been a, a very you know difficult year. So I, I think those are two great areas to start with. First of all, figure out your big why. Second of all, determine what it is that you're doing that, that you, you're good at that you're good at and what you're doing that you're not good at and get rid of that. Um, make sure that you process map your desk per se and get out of the boxes that maybe somebody else can do much better, much easier, and maybe even for less money. So know know what your value is per you know, per hour and shed the stuff that's, you know, less than, than what you're being, what yeah. your business is being, being paid you. I think a lot of burnt out, I mean, there's, there's two ways you can get burnt out or probably more than two ways, but there's what we're just talking about now is doing everything. And then there's the just, um, I don't know, you, we call it the treadmill, right? Just doing a lot of what you may be great at it. It might be the right thing for you, but you've um, you found yourself kind of on a constant uh, treadmill, so to speak. Like of, you just keep working and working and working, and the more you work, the more work. Right, like I said last year, felt like we were working to keep up. Mm. Like there was just so much volume, so much work flowing in the door that you just had to you had to barely up. keeping your head above water. Cause yeah. You just paddling and paddling and paddling and working so hard and sometimes it feels like when you're working so hard you're just making more work and then you're like oh my gosh do i really want more work and at some point in time you're just going to burn out in that so what can you do there what if you're in that position i mean there are going to be a number of people uh you know wall street had another amazing year it's another i mean the economy in a lot of ways is actually doing really well in spite of all of this stress and pandemic uh, noise and 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 all the other things that are going on in our world um, a lot of companies are doing well. A lot of people at work are feeling that stress. What can they do to change their situation so they don't feel the burnout? Well, I'm going to juxtapose that with something that Jeff pointed out as we start, too. So there's there's the people who are engaged. There's the people who are working. There's our faithful employees who show up every day. And then there's this, been this, what did you call it, great uh, resignation. resignation. Yeah. There's There's a significant part of the population, whether it be the boomers who have just decided to finally call it quits or whatever, or just a large segment of the dual income portion of our workforce. I mean, it's hard to really say who it is who hasn't come back yet, but we have a lot of people who have, whether temporarily or permanently, disengaged from the workforce, which is leaving a very significant productivity burden on those that are engaged. And this isn't a blame thing. It's no, just that's a, uh, exactly what's going on. That's exactly right. And and so now we've got people and they're resigning. Well, 
What are they thinking, Jeff? Why are they doing this? Yeah, I don't know. I I almost feel like it's it's got to be temporary. They they're mm. they're younger than um, I think you know all of us for sure, and and I think they're you're, they're fed up and checked out, and maybe even have experienced a little bit of uh, working from home, a um, little freedom there, and now their companies are requiring them to come back, and they're like, no, I'm not going to do that, so on and so forth. So um, again, that's um, you know, maybe a little bit of a different conversation than than where where we were headed with regards to retirement because I, I just don't know that that's a reality right. for a lot of these people. That is a great point. So these people are maybe fooling themselves, at least some of them. I, I think so. They've got a nest egg, and you know, a lot of them are you know probably living um, a little bit uh, you know leaner than they they had prior to the pandemic, and they're okay with that. You know? In a van down by the river. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, just going back to, I think, you know, speaking specifically to our business owners, um, you know, the, the, the three of us here in the room today, I think, can, can look back not that long ago and, and remember these days where, you know, we were, we were everything. Like, we, we, we were in charge of everything. We had our hands in everything. And, and it really did feel like this treadmill, Nate, that you're, you're kind of, referring to this this thing I just can't get off <laughs> if I if I do I'm gonna I'm gonna trip and crash and burn um, and and yet um, I need to stay on it to keep it going so um, you know Carl you'd asked hey wh- how do you how do you move off that how do you you know and, and I think the first thing that no came kidding. to my mind um, is just this idea of um, of delegation right of really determining once again what it is that I'm great at what what is it that um, serves the business best when I'm doing it um, and 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 really be disciplined to staying there and then delegating those other things and it's going to require that you hire you you, you, you you take a risk and you, you might have to hire a position or two positions but the 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 return on investment when you're actually doing what you've been created to do um, is exponential. I mean, I don't know what the multiplier on that is, but I know when I'm not doing, I'm doing when I'm doing things that I'm not good at, I, I don't get as much done. And then the stuff that I do move into, I've, I've got very a little, little less, energy for. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to add to your delegation with another D is destination, is because because you can delegate things away, but if, unless you have a clear, it's kind of the Covey concept of beginning with the end in mind, knowing where you want to get to is helpful. And if, if all we have as a concept of a business is someone who shows up at seven and leaves at seven, then you're, you're, you're not going to feel like you're getting off your treadmill. You got to have an idea of a business lifestyle that's different than a job. Yeah. Is that, is that a fair kind of, so, so you're delegating with, with the destination in mind that you're actually like I said before, taking yourself out of boxes and not adding new boxes into your, you know, back onto your plate. That's... Yeah. Your destination is an ideal lifestyle, uh, which includes work, I think. You know, if we're, if we're reimagining retirement, um, let me just ask you guys a, a question. What if you were to build a business that you didn't want to walk away from? Think about that. You asking our listeners or I'm me and Carl? I'm asking you guys because um, <laughs> that 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 is what I am. I mean, yeah, all about and, right. and almost to the chagrin or 
jest of a lot of my employees, they know that I never intend to leave because I never want to, you know, we've talked about retirement in the past being to be taken out of service. This is kind of the definition of when you retire a machine, you don't use it anymore. I don't want to ever become useless. <laughs> right. Um, I'm a, I want to be used differently, maybe a little less, but I, I agree with that concept 100% is, um, and it has a lot to do with my legacy mindset mm-hmm. too. I want to build something that can continue beyond my dependency on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's inspiring. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's a great question uh, for you business owners out there um, who might be feeling some of this fatigue. Um, is what, what would it look like to to create a business that you know I really don't want to sell? Um, primarily because it 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 allows me to wake up every morning deciding what I want to do, whether I want to go in and work today or whether I want to go and ski or hit the golf course or, or whatever it is. I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing about enterprise and, and business in particular is that um, it actually can and will continue to grow uh, even if you're not in it. Um, Some of the greatest American stories are multi-generational family-run businesses. Some of them are still around. I, I couldn't necessarily come up with many off the top of my head because well, yeah, some easier of them said than yeah. I mean, johnson and johnson was a family business right. and now it's like the 10th or 11th or anyway top 20 companies in the world from size standpoint but depending so, yeah. on your locale there's still a tremendous amount of opportunity for multi-generational businesses carl yours is kind of a multi-generational we a multi-generation business. firm we're the second generation i have no idea if any of these kids are going to take over the third generation we'll see but, but you your whether it's your kids or your just kids the, the generation that follows <laughs> your us. work family so yes, to speak right right and we have a partner who's younger than we are in case something were to happen to us and and the firm will go on Absolutely. It's one of the things I love about doing road trips, getting out of the cities and into the, the the outlying communities where there have been, you know, generation upon generation basically that that runs and and, yeah. and feeds that community. Um I think of the, the family business that built our, our ranch property. They've been around for, you know, forty, fifty years. I believe they're a third generation that's why it's called try i think but you know the third any third h but um try h or tryhurst is is the name of their outfit but you know sometimes when we get in this metro lifestyle and, and we we live in these kind of multi uh multi uh national kind of corporate environment we we forget it's how much of place. yeah it's easy to how much of the economy is driven by the main street yeah for and the, there's real opportunity to create meaningful um, especially here in Colorado where we're all sitting the vast majority the number of businesses are by far smaller smaller business owners and, and a huge number of our population works for smaller business owners and I think a lot of these people who are thinking about this great resignation like you were talking about they're probably dreaming of owning their own business, right? I mean, they're probably thinking about, I don't want to work for the man, right? I want to do something else. So one of the but things... But taking us back to the point, we yeah. all don't want to be stuck on the treadmill until we're 70, right? Oh, my goodness. So how do we get off? And, and one of the things that I was hoping we would jump into, and Jeff, you've got it sitting right in front of you. And tell us what this is. And 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 I think all three of us, you know, we need to give our, our, our tip our hats to a, to a dude named uh, Chuck Blakeman who... 
really uh, put into words and pictures and diagrams some of the thoughts that have, that have helped us build our businesses. So thanks, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, I've got a lot to thank Chuck for, for sure, in, in uh, the building of our business. Uh, but And maybe, you know, we go into a little bit more detail on this uh, during our next podcast. But, you know, it's important to understand um, what stage your business is in, right? So you can kind of um, take a little bit of a, a sounding as to where you're at and where you need to go. And, um, I, you know, I would just plug Chuck's book here, I guess, at this point in time, Making Money is Killing Your Business. Um, that's an interesting idea, Title. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, making money is killing your business. But the whole concept being that um, you know you're so focused on making money, um, it, it'll end up killing you or killing your business in the long run. Uh, if it goes you back don't, to that stuff you and I were talking about about right. being ineffective at doing too many yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, you need to you need to really. Cons, you know, can, you know, consider your business as as having a lifespan and doing your best to bring it to maturity as soon as possible. And uh, when you do that, you know, you're you're then uh, the beneficiary of the lifestyle that that brings. But uh, there's there's inevitably a, a, a stage, a, a period between stage four, which is this treadmill stage. This is the the time where you're. I mean, the business owner is kind of doing everything. You're not sucking wind anymore. No, you're paying you're, your bills. Yeah, you're paying, you're paying yourself. Your bills, right. You're, you've got a viable operation. Many of you might feel like this. It's you know, it's a, it's an ongoing concern. Um, it's it's a proven you know, you know, business, it's, it's got legs. Um, I can, I can take it from here, but it needs you to show up every day at six o'clock and stay until the lights go out on you. Yes, absolutely. And so to uh, make this jump, this mindset shift from stage four, uh, in essence to stage five, where you get less focused on the craft or building the chair, for example, Mm -hmm. and then more focused on the process. Uh, which is going to require other people getting involved and you letting go of more aspects of the of of the operation. Um, only then can you begin to um, really start to delegate and uh, and scale. Uh, there's only so many chairs I can make every day, right? But if I create a process around it, incorporate some technology, incorporate some machinery, incorporate other hands. Um, I can now scale this right. thing. This gets to the, what I was me- yeah. me- meaning when I said destination. Yep. Kind of the art of the possible is moving beyond that mindset of like, I have a business that makes money to I have a business that can provide these other intangible benefits. Yep. Exactly. Tangible and intangible. Right. So once you have a business that's actually being operated on a process, then you can start thinking about leadership. Um, building into people, developing the next leader. That inevitably then in that stage six, you're going to, as the owner of the business, start realizing some freedom, start realizing some flexibility, start moving into the specific things that make the, mon- make the most money in the least amount of time for your business because you're now operating on all of your cylinders, doing the things that you were designed to do because you've got a leadership team that's been built around you that's working this process that you designed. And then uh, stage seven is is kind of the, I guess, uh, I, w- I don't even want to say sunset, but I think there's a lot of these businesses uh, out there where um, the founder is a myth. He's a legend, uh, he or her, um, and uh, a, a picture on the wall. And maybe they show up for the annual Christmas party 
or potentially maybe a board meeting once a quarter. Uh, these are uh, this is a, a very very mature uh, business where they're just overseeing and create you know uh, you know continuing to develop you know their executive leadership team, encouraging them maybe resourcing uh, capital uh, for business, but uh, certainly at that point in time that uh, business owner has created a business that uh, is serving them. Well, and and their leadership team. I mean, I think one of the things that can't be lost in this is what we've talked about in various capacities of lack of scarcity mentality. It, it's not uh, a business built to your sole and exclusive benefit to the exclusion of everybody else. You're creating an opportunity, a pie that can be shared with all the people who help make it run. So, um, so even though you're stepping into a more passive leadership or, or iconic role, it doesn't mean that there's less for you or that you can't share that success with the people who help make it happen because you're, what you're doing is creating a larger and larger um, opportunity base. Yeah, building abundance. This is great. Thank you so much. I can't wait to, uh, to learn more. Uh, this might be a good time to segue to our next podcast. Um, leave you on the cliff because next time we'll ask a bunch of difficult questions. Okay, so that sounds great. But guys, how do I do that? And then, and then, what am I retiring into, or what am I if I'm stage seven and I'm still the the, the figurehead, or I'm still part of this company? What does that really mean? How do what does that look like for me? What can I do to make it meaningful for myself? Sound like a plan? All good questions. All right. Sounds Thank good. you so much, Jeff Cromendike, Nathan Merrill, and I'm Carl. Carl Frank. Frank. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else and join us next time. If you want to meet with a member of the team, please contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's info at expertnetworkteam.com. If you have special topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us and let us know at the same email address. Again, that's info at expertnetworkteam.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to remind you that listening to this podcast does not establish a client professional relationship with any of the firms represented, nor does it constitute legal, investment, or accounting advice, and the views are those of the professionals only. Investment advisory services may be provided through ANI Financial Services, and securities may be provided through Genios Wealth Management. 